Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we want to continue. This is, this is the, uh, the dimension of faith, but... We've been focusing on the name of Jesus. And uh, before I forget, uh, tomorrow night, that we will not have prayer tomorrow night, no prayer tomorrow night, uh, Independence Day. Uh, so if someone that you know is normally here and you don't see them, maybe they're watching online, but if not, let them know. The name of Jesus. And... Uh, you know, I remember uh, hearing a minister preach one time, and he was talking about the name of Jesus, and uh, he made the statement concerning the name of Jesus. He said, uh, you know, it seems that the, the church today is not as aware of what the name of Jesus entails and what it holds as the early church now here's the thing with the the early church the early church what they had was the name that's what they had uh the apostle paul wrote to the early church and he said everything you do do it in the name my lord i thought the roof was going to lift off this place wednesday my god Talking about the name of Jesus. Jesus said, wherever two or three of you are gathered together in my name. Now understand, what does that mean? Because someone will say, well, you know, we gather together in the name. What does that mean? Does that mean we're here and, and does that mean we're, you know, we're oneness and we're all gathered together in the name of Jesus? Uh, apostolic? No. In the name. It, we have been sent in the name we have been given power of eternal of attorney by jesus himself and everything i do i'm supposed to do it in his name the early church received such good results and powerful results because everything they did was in the name everything they did was in the name it took thousands of years for the church to mess it up. Amen. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Concerning Jesus, how he made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant. And then in verse 9 it said, Because of that, or wherefore, God also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. The Amplified Bible says, bestowed on him the name. Almost every translation says the name. Now, when you read in the Old Testament and you read through the scriptures, you find out that God said that he went, that he went by the name. The name in the Old Testament 
that produced results was Jehovah, the name. That's, that's one of the meanings. It's the name, the name of God. In the New Testament, the name is the name of Jesus. And it said he bestowed on him the name. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, now you got to be cautious because after you read this, you'll have a hard time talking about how the devil fights you. Notice what he said, verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. One translation says he might paralyze him, that is the devil. Another translation says he might put an end to him who had the power of death. Now notice, notice the phraseology. Had the power of death. Put an end to him. Paralyze him. Destroy him. Now, believers will say, but the devil still exists. He does still exist, but there's a part of his authority that's been put an end to. There's an area of his existence that he's paralyzed in when it comes to the believer. The devil can't make you sick. You got to help him. Let me talk right over here. The, the devil can't make you sick. You got to help him. I, I want you to pray for me. The devil threw this on me. Why did you take it? I mean, th th see, th these are the things that we've got to realize. If I, am, if I have been commissioned and given power of attorney and I operate in the name of Jesus, then when I say no to the devil, it's just like Jesus saying no to the devil. Now what happened, and, 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 and we'll, we'll paraphrase it for the sake of time, in, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, in the book of Luke chapter 4, it tells us that the enemy came and began to tempt Jesus. And you'll remember all the things he said. If you're the son of God, command that these stones be made to bread. And Jesus said, it's, it's, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. What was the end result of that? And the devil left him. Is that right? What does James say? It says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Right? Amen. So, why do we hear believers that know that's in the Scripture talking about what a fight the devil's putting up? When Scripture says, if I resist him, he will flee from me. One translation says, flee as in stark terror. 
One, the message Bible says, yell a loud no at the devil and watch him run for cover. Amen. Do, do you see this? See, th- this is not saying that somebody's doing something wrong. It's saying when you understand that I am a representative, I represent Jesus. I represent Jesus to the world. You represent Jesus to the world. Jesus is not in me just so I can go to heaven. Jesus is in me so I can do the works Jesus did and get the same results. Oh, hallelujah. So we have to understand that the devil was paralyzed by Jesus. And then Jesus gave us his name to keep him paralyzed. In the name of Jesus is not the end of our prayer. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Well, that, that's not, I mean, we pray in the name of Jesus, but that's what not, not, not what the name is for. When you pray over your food, for instance, and you say, in Jesus' name, What you're saying is that Jesus just blessed your food. Because you're acting in power of attorney as Jesus would act. That's why he said, and and we'll read this. That's why he said to the believers, he said, he said, in my name, those that believe in my name, number one, they will cast out devils. In my name. They're going in my name. They're going under the power of attorney that I've given them. And the first thing they'll do is cast out devils. Is that right? They'll heal the sick. Amen. That, 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 that was not something that was a question. You're going in my name. Look at Matthew chapter 8. We've been reading this. Where uh, Jesus came to the centurion. Oh, hallelujah. And he said here, the centurion, notice he said in verse 8, the centurion answered and said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed, for I'm a man under authority, and I say... To this man go and he goes and to another come and he comes. And to this servant do this and he does it. And Jesus said, I'm not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Now what we're seeing is this man understood a couple things. Number one, if my name carries enough authority... To cause men to do as I say. How much more authority does your name carry? Secondly, I recognize you've been set over sickness and disease just as I've been set over these men. He's saying, I recognize that. And this is the spiritual plane 
of appreciation for the name of Jesus that we have to rise to. And it's this. When something is prayed in his name, it's done. It's finished. If you tell them to go, they go. If you tell tell them to come, they come. If you say do this, they do this. The spiritual plane of appreciation that I've got to rise to where the name of Jesus is concerned is that has been dealt with in the name of Jesus. See, a lot of people have taken flack for what I'm about to say over the years, but I'm going to say it anyway. And it's this, and some people misunderstand it. People will say, if you've prayed about something, you don't need to pray about it again. Well, that's true in some some instances, different types of prayer. But for instance, if you had hands laid on you for healing, and you believe you received, and hands were laid on you in the name of Jesus... Is that right? Now watch my part. Believe that hands were laid on me in the name of Jesus. That's the spiritual plane I got to rise to. Hands were laid on me, I'm healed. Hands were laid on me, I'm healed. That's not a faith exercise. That's not a word of faith theology. That's what the scripture tells us. If, if, if hands were laid on you in the name of Jesus, now hear me. If hands were laid on you in the name, who laid hands on you? Jesus. You might have saw a man or saw a woman, but it was Jesus. Why? The Father in me does the works. Jesus in me does the works. When you lay hands on someone, it's like Jesus laying hands on them. The reason that Jesus looked at the disciples and said, how is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They could have done the same thing that Jesus did because they had been granted power and authority over all the powers of the enemy. They weren't born again. They weren't able to be led by the Spirit. But Jesus, by virtue of His presence with them, had given them power and authority. We are no less without the presence of God than they were. Jesus said when we're together, just two or three of us, in His name, He's with us. Hallelujah. So when you speak to something... It's like Jesus speaking to it. Because you're speaking in his name. Hallelujah. And so when you settle it and you say in the name of Jesus. For instance, someone will be battling something in their mind. I've heard people say this. I take authority over that thought in the name of Jesus. I, I, I bring that thought captive in the name of Jesus. Well, your mind is your mind. You've been authorized to tell that thought where to go. No, you're not going to hang around my mind. Get out of here in Jesus' name. I take you captive. Right? But listen, it's supposed to go. Is is that right? The devil's supposed to flee. It's, It's the issue of believing that when I say in the name of Jesus 
It's going. It's going. I have to develop my faith there. Look over here at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Oh, hallelujah. We're growing. Daniel 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Notice something. This was after Jesus defeated Satan and all rule and authority had been invested in him by the Father. And notice what it says. It says that he has been given, notice, an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom that will not be destroyed. Given to Jesus. Now, Matthew 28. And uh, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority. All authority. Now combine that with he paralyzed the devil. He put an end to the devil. What did he put an end to? The authority the enemy had. The devil has no authority over us. None. Zero. No authority. Now, when we realize that, we won't talk about him like he does. Oh, Pastor, I want you to pray the devil's fighting. Well, what's that mean? What does that mean? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand the question or the statement. Well, the devil's fighting. Yeah, and? That's like saying your toddler's throwing a fit. Yeah? Put a stop to it. Right? Have you, have you ever seen parents, two-year-old, throwing a fit? And a big old grown dad over six foot going, can't do nothing with that child. What? They're two. I can do something real quick. Lily was telling her mom the other day, she said, Mom, have you ever heard this saying? And Pastor Michelle said, what? And she said, Lily said, if you put the pressure here, it'll correct this. And I was sitting on the other side of the deck, and I said, that's it. Don't forget it. I said, don't start thinking wrong. We'll have to correct your mind. Amen. Being since it's July 4th, my dad used to say that when he would spank his children, uh, 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 they, 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 they would see stars and stripes. He said, I'd lay down the stripes, and they'd see the stars. And so, now I'm not suggesting you do that, but what I'm saying, Amen. We, gotta, we, we have to quit approaching the enemy 
like he's an equal foe. Because he's been stripped. Now this is important. He has no armament. He has no armor. That when, when Hebrews 2, 14, when we, we talked about destroyed, it means to paralyze or to strip or to make naked. So the enemy has no armor and he's paralyzed. He can't put up much of a fight. And I've been authorized with the name of Jesus to keep him there. Amen. Glory to God. Look at Mark 16. You know, I just, I just want you to pray that, you know, the devil's fighting. Do you know nowhere in the New Testament are we told to pray about the devil? Nowhere. We're not told to pray about the devil. There's nothing to pray about. I say get and you get. Is, is that right? I, I mean, I, I need you to see this. I'm, listen, I'm, listen, I, I am not, I am not, I've never been hard on my children ever, ever. I, I am, listen, everybody loves dad. All right? Even my nephews, they, 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 my nephew so wanted me to meet his, his uh, uh, daughter because he said, he said, everybody needs an uncle like you in their life. I said, praise the Lord. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. With a child, there aren't, there's no discussions. I, 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 I need you to go clean your room. Well, let's discuss this. And no. There are no discussions. Go clean your room. Right? You don't negotiate with the devil. There's no negotiation. I say go and you go. Try, try that out. Say, I say go and he goes. Because who's he seeing? Jesus. Who's he hearing? Jesus. Because I am operating in his name. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if Brother Tavakal was out of the country and he called me and he said, Pastor, uh, would you uh, allow me? I want to sign over power of attorney to you. I, I'm going out of the country. I need to get this done. Can you handle this while I'm out of the country? And we settled the legal affairs. When I go down to the bank and I walk in, if they know Brother Tavakal, they know physically I am not Tavakal. But I have the power of attorney. So I'm acting like he would act. When I sign his name, it's like him signing his name. Even though he's not physically present in the room. So important. When I say in the name of Jesus, 
Every spirit being in the realm understands I'm acting in his name. Hallelujah. Every angel comes to attention and every demon starts shaking because you're operating in the name of Jesus. And it's just as if Jesus was physically present in the room because you're there in his name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I'm, 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 this has been rolling through my spirit. There's, there's no room for negotiation. None. Right? There's, there's no wiggle room. You go. Right? Hands off my family. Hands off my finances. Hands off my body. Hands off my life. Hallelujah. The, the enemy will keep pushing for every inch of ground that you'll give him. If you give a little bit, he'll take it. And then he'll demand more. But he's hardwired to flee at the name of Jesus. Mark 16, verse 17. Am I helping you at all? And these signs shall follow them that believe. Whew, my goodness. In my name. Now notice who that's for. Believers. Believers. Isn't that wonderful? Not preachers only. Not apostles. Not prophets. It, it amazes me how Christians will run across the country to get a prophet to come pray for them. To get an apostle to come run the devil out of their house. I need, I need apostle so-and-so to come anoint my house. Are you a believer? I am. Run them out. Is that right? Have you ever thought about this? That before Jesus went to heaven, the disciples had never cast out a devil? They didn't know how. You, you go through the scripture, you don't see Jesus having a demon casting out in class. Right? They had never done it. The 70 came back and said the demons were subject to them in his name. But my, my point is, it wasn't something they did regularly. But yet, after Jesus ascended to heaven, they just, how did Paul learn how to cast out devils? How did he know what to do in Philippi? When the damsel, possessed with the spirit of Python, kept, kept disrupting their meetings. And disrupting the ministry. And finally it says Paul was grieved in his spirit. And he turned around and he said in the name of Jesus come out of her. How did he know that? He realized who he was in Christ. He realized what had been invested in him. And any instance that you read in the scripture of a believer casting out a devil. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't a wrestling match. They said go and they went. Hallelujah. So your days, our days, the days of wrestling with the devil are done. Over. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. 
and they shall recover. Now, now, there's no more powerful affirmation of truth in the Bible than the word shall. They shall recover. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting? There's no one 19 times, the Bible records 19 different instances that Jesus ministered personally to people. Now, there's maybe more than that, but that's all the, the, the word records. And isn't it interesting that no one he laid hands on failed to get their miracle? Nobody. If it's like Jesus laying hands, and it is, what's going to happen? They shall recover. I, I need us to not put off into the future what can be done right now. Hallelujah. There are progressive healings, but I need you to understand that there's far more evidence for instantaneous healing than progressive healing. That's why you're saying what? I'm healed right now in Jesus' name. Every day it's getting better in Jesus' name. Is that right? Only believers have the right to use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The right to use his name is a conferred blessing on the church. And this right belongs to every child of God. It's a conferred blessing. If you're dealing with a habit you don't want any longer, why don't you deal with it in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, I won't, be, I won't be in bondage to this anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What'll happen? It'll go. Ha ha. When Jesus gave the church the right to use his name, that right meant we are to represent him or represent him. When we pray in Jesus' name, it's just as if Jesus is praying. When we pray in Jesus' name, we're taking his place on the earth. Glory to God. We're using his name and we're using his authority to carry out his will in the earth. The only difference is instead of Jesus doing it, we're doing it for him. There's no special faith needed to use the name of Jesus. Now why? It's legally mine. It's legally ours. My wife doesn't have to pray in tongues and use her faith to use my name. Believe me, I'm very well aware she knows how to use it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am Mrs. Steele. <laughs> Glory. When we use the name of Jesus to pray for the sick, Jesus is present. Notice in Acts chapter 3. And verse 16. 
And uh, Peter and John, they were testifying about this miracle. And they said, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. His name and faith in that name made that man strong. Hallelujah. Whom you see and know, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts chapter 9. And verse 32. And it came to pass. Now, this is something I want you to see. This is so important. I know I'm saying that a lot, but it's all important. It came to pass. As Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down to the saints which dwelt at Lydia, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years, and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, make up your bed. And he arose immediately. He had kept his bed eight years. Sick of the palsy. Palsy is creeping paralysis. This started on him one day and just kept going until he couldn't move, couldn't walk. Had to keep his bed. Eight years. And Peter walks in the city and says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. I thought Peter was praying. I thought that was Peter. Right? But who, who, which name was he there in? So when he said, get up and walk, he said, in the name of Jesus, Jesus makes you whole. Glory to God. That's not just a statement of honor. It's not just a statement of, of glory. It's a statement saying, I know who's in me. I know what name I'm praying in. And if I tell you to get up, it's Jesus telling you to get up. Now rise up and walk in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, we got to think this way because this is what hinders many people. I don't know what Jesus looks like. You don't know what Jesus looks like. There are people that said they went to heaven and saw him, came back and painted a picture, but they don't know. Well, how do you know? Because I know. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. What you saw in Jesus in the flesh, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Here's the point. But if you knew what Jesus looked like physically, and he was standing right here in the room, and you had an issue in your body, and you came up to have Jesus lay hands on you. You believe you'd get your miracle? Of course you do. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus. If you couldn't move your little finger and Jesus laid hands on you 
and said, now rise up and walk. You're going to give everything you got to try to get up and walk because Jesus said it. Well, when the man or the woman of God lays hands on you and says, now bend over and touch your toes where you thought you couldn't before, Jesus just said that. And if I think of it that way, my faith goes to another level. But if that's just Brother Joe Bob or Sister Susie, I mean, they mean well, but they don't understand. Is that what we would say to Jesus? Well, now, Jesus, I mean, I know you mean well. But Jesus. Remember I told you the story? I may have told you this. Am I helping you with this? I may have told I don't want to keep you long tonight. I may have told you the story. My friend, Lawrence Banda from Nigeria, he was ministering one night in our church, and uh, he was praying for the sick. Man has a phenomenal miracle ministry. And uh, he was praying for people, and they, a man was coming to our church at that time that had a degenerative spinal issue, and it was, it was causing him paralysis. He was, he was getting more and more wheelchair-bound uh, as the days went by. Uh, he could kind of get up and take a few steps, but it was, it, it, it was getting worse. And they wheeled him up. And he went right to him. And he said, brother, now watch. The Lord Jesus told me that if you'll try to get up, he'll heal you. Now watch. What do you believe about the name? In this room tonight, there's no one that I've ever lied to. I would not lie to you. I don't lie. I won't lie. I've never lied. If I came to you and I told you the Lord Jesus said this to me, you have no reason to not believe me. Is that right? I've never lied. He said, Jesus told me to tell you. You know what the man said? I can't do that. Was Jesus in Lawrence? Was Jesus in Lawrence to heal that man? Guess what they did? They wheeled him out. People say, yeah, he rejected the man of God. He rejected Jesus. Jesus said, if they reject you, they reject me. He said, if they receive you, they receive me. Is that right? So important. And, and people under the guise of not wanting people to, to think they were making too much of themselves, play that down. T.L. Osborne used to stand in, in the meetings that he had, and you know, T.L. and Daisy, they were the first people that, that they begin to measure their crowds by acres, not by counting the people, because there were so many people they couldn't count them. So they would figure out how many people would fit in this amount of acreage, and they would measure it by acres. T.L. Osborne used to stand in front of all those people and he would say, I am Jesus to you. He didn't say, I'm Jesus. He said, I'm Jesus to you. And if you believe what I'm saying tonight, you'll get healed. And while he would be ministering, wheelchairs would start coming up over the crowd. People would start screaming, I can see, I can walk. 
Yeah, as Brother Osborne preached. No, as Jesus preached. As Jesus preached. Jesus was using T.L. Osborne's mouth, but it was Jesus speaking. The Bible says that multitudes would come to Jesus and that as he ministered the word, they would all get healed. Hallelujah. The word in my mouth is no less powerful than the word in Jesus' mouth. But I have to believe that. Amen. And I'm not saying anything I'm saying that I'm saying you don't believe. I'm encouraging you to believe even more. Amen. It's not trying to take healing or trying to believe. You have to stop struggling. I'm not trying to take healing. I'm not trying to believe. Just believe. Hallelujah. The name makes healing available to us. Don't struggle. Just use it. Just use it. You, you, you do exercise faith when you use the name of Jesus. It's an unconscious faith. In Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. This scripture explains why the spirit dwells in us. I'm a debtor, but not to the flesh. I owe my flesh nothing. See, when sickness attacks us, we should realize healing is in the name and accept what belongs to us. I don't have to be sick just because I'm in this earth. I don't know my flesh, nothing. Hallelujah. When you use the name of Jesus, accept what belongs to you. In uh, 1 Peter 2 and 24, familiar scripture about healing, but I want you to see this tonight. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin, or to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. The Amplified Bible says that we might cease to exist to sin. So we do not have to die again to sin. Jesus already died to sin for us. Do you see this? So that's why when you tell that habit to go, it goes. You'll hear so many in the church say, brother, you, gotta, you just got to die to the flesh. You got to die to sin. Jesus died to sin for me. 
I got to walk in the victory that he produced for me. I mean, think about that. Jesus died for sin and to sin for you. And in the name of Jesus, I'm dead to sin. Amen? We died to our old sin nature, our sins, our sickness, and our disease. And we live in the fullness of His life. Now, I've had people tell me over the years, Pastor, you make that sound too easy. Did, I, I read the Scripture. Right? I didn't make it sound too easy. Peter did. Is there anything in here that's veiled language? Code. Right? Peter's not sort of saying something. He said he died on the tree... That we could cease to exist to sin. Now, now, why is this important? When we understand this, we'll not accept anything the devil may try to put on us. I have to take it. Condemnation for past sins won't work either because Jesus was condemned for my sin. Won't work. And that's why you got to rise up and say, no, 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 not going to work, Mr. Devil. Jesus was condemned for my sin, so in the name of Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about. There are people that can't get healed because they're so condemned. As long as you're walking condemned, you'll never believe God loves you enough to heal you. You just won't believe it. Because there's a, a, a sense of guiltiness. And maybe I'm not getting healed because of what I did. <laughs> when the very same blood that forgave you and cleansed you of that sin healed you. It's all in the package. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus became sick for us. He was made sick for us. Do you see that? He was made sick for me. So I could be healed. In Isaiah 53. In the name. I remember one time I was ministering in West Africa. And uh, we, uh, we had a weeks long meeting in a, a place called uh, Zeta, West Africa. And we were, we were on the, the beach and they built the, 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 the stage, the platform. Uh, the, the ocean was behind us. And the people were out in front on, on the beach. And, and uh, we just had tremendous meetings. But I remember this. I remember we had a night that we were praying for the sick. And we had, this had been advertised. And uh, 
uh, I believe it was a Friday night, and we were, we were praying for the sick, and, uh, you know, praying for the sick in America and praying for the sick in West Africa are like oil and water. They're so different. Because you're in a nation where when you go to the doctor, they have some Band-Aids and Tylenol to help you with. You can smell sickness. Those sick, they, they start bringing those sick people. And the air, it, when the wind blows, you can smell sick, sickness and death. Amen. And, and I was with, I, 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 had, I was the, the head of the team, and uh, people started streaming forward. I mean, when we, when we opened up the altar for the sick to be prayed for, it, there, there was no uniformity. There was, there was no decorum. It's, it seemed like everybody came up. They didn't, but it seemed like everybody came up. And, and I thought, dear Lord, you know, we're, we're never, we're never going to be able to pray for everybody. I got, right, I got down in the, in, the, in the middle of them and just started laying hands on people in the name of Jesus. And I turned around and looked, and all the preachers were sitting on the platform. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, every one of you preachers, get up off your seat and come down here and help me pray. And they grudgingly came. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. There was a lady in that meeting that could not get to the front. Number one, she got there late. Number two, she had had to go and break her child out of the hospital. The child had been injured in, in the leg. I forget which leg. But uh, they, had, they, they, they had taken so long, number one, to get her to the hospital. And number two, they didn't have the, the, the right medicine to treat. The leg had turned gangrene. They were keeping her in the hospital, and they were going to amputate her leg Monday. The mother was in the meeting the night before the healing meeting and heard me say, we're going to pray for the sick. She went and broke her child out of the hospital and brought the child to the meeting. And then she got there and she couldn't get close to the, the preachers that were praying. In the middle of that prayer, I finally stopped and I got up on the platform. I said, if you can't get up here from the back, I said, wherever you're at right now, just lay hands. On that afflicted part, watch, in the name of Jesus and receive your healing. A mother testified to this Sunday when she brought that child to the meeting. That leg was swollen. It was, it was black. It was rotten. Full of that gangrene. She said, I laid my hand on that leg like I was told and prayed in the name of Jesus. And she said, when I took my hand off the leg, the blackness was gone, the wound was closed, and the leg was brand new. When mama laid hands on that child, Jesus laid hands on that child. Hallelujah. You do, you, you, you. You do it all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus was there in that meeting. There, there, there was an evangelist there that was ministering uh, along with me. His name was Yao Paul. And Yao Paul ministers all over the Muslim areas of, of, of uh, West Africa. And uh, he was ministering and had a most phenomenal ministry, but a very unusual ministry. And, and, and he could almost seem erratic and sporadic. But they had brought a lady there. I, I forget exactly how old she was, uh, uh, but I know she was in her late 70s anyway. And she couldn't walk and she couldn't hear. And he was ministering. And, and he was ministering down on, on the beach. And he walked up and walked by the front row. And he just stopped, got down on his knees, and said, In the name of Jesus, be healed. Grandma could walk in here. I mean, instantly she got up, her ears opened up, her legs received strength, and she danced all over the beach. Oh, glory to God. Two boys wheeled their dad in a wheelchair. Wheeled their dad on a, on a Thursday night. Wheeled their dad on a wheelchair. Now, if you think pushing a wheelchair through the beach sand isn't hard, these boys were working. Dad couldn't walk. They wheeled him up. He was a man of some influence because he had a wheelchair. And we were praying for the sick. I wore myself out. I wore myself out praying for the sick. I didn't have anything to give to anybody. But he was up there. He wanted prayer. And I forget who prayed for him. Me or somebody. Maybe it wasn't me or somebody. But we got back to where we were staying. Got in some dry clothes. We had some snacks there. And two, two of the young ministers, young preachers that had come with us, they came in rejoicing, just sopping wet with sweat. I said, what are you all rejoicing about? And they said, you remember that man that couldn't walk? I said, yeah. Said he pushed his own wheelchair home. Said about five minutes after y'all left, he jumped out of that chair healed. The people that were laying hands on the sick that night were not the pastors. They were not the bishops. They were the helpers. And the helpers laid hands in the name of Jesus and the man got out of the wheelchair. In our church, we believe in the name of Jesus. If a greeter prays for you, you're going to get healed. If an usher prays for you, you're going to get healed. Your children will get healed in the nursery and healed in the children's ministry and healed in the students' ministry because everything we do, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That's why if hands have been laid on you in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, you're healed. Jesus did not withhold anything from you. Isaiah 53, we'll hurry here. And verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That correct translation is he carried our pains. Surely he carried our pains. Sickness has no right to impose itself on us. When sickness comes around, you got to treat it just like you treat your old sins. Amen. Amen. The moment you confess your sin, what happened? God forgave. 
The moment you recognize sickness in your life, he's faithful and righteous to heal you. Hallelujah. Now, that's what I got to wrap my mind around. Well, Pastor, I believe I'm saved, but, but don't struggle. Just receive it. It does not require a long, drawn-out battle. It's written in the Word of God, and the name of Jesus backs it up. The Word cannot fail any more than God can fail. And we have to get to the place where we exercise our faith like we write a check for an amount that we know is in the bank. I just write it out and give it because I know the money's in the bank. And that's how we exercise our faith. Amen. Hallelujah. You will get to this place Where you no more believe that you can stay sick than you believe you're a Martian. I know you're thinking of people, you're wondering about them. But <laughs> Think about that. I can't stay sick. Hands have been laid on me in the name of Jesus. I've spoken the name of Jesus over my body. I can't stay sick, but the doctor said, I don't care. I don't care what the doctor said. It makes no difference. Hands were laid on me in the name of Jesus. There's a cure that's been effected in my body. The life-giving power of the Word of God is coursing through my blood right now in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Why? Jesus laid hands on me. Hallelujah. Do you see this? So we've got to get to that place. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.